Welcome to Down in the Den. It's your boy Mars. And man, what an emotional day. Yesterday, April 20th, we saw the end of the Derek Chauvin trial. We saw justice prevail in this country. And just emotional for me. It was it was really emotional for me. In this episode, we, we're not going to be talking about anything in pop culture, but that's the beauty about this podcast. Uh, I've always said from the beginning, we're going to do what we feel, and we're going to do what's right. And every now and then, we'll we're going to have social issues. We're going to talk about that, and and I'm I'm so happy that we can do that. But it, it was just an emotional day for me. Um, for so long. For so long in this country, as a person of color, as an African-American man, I have seen us murdered like animals in the street. I have seen us hunted like an endangered species. It hasn't happened to me personally. I've been fortunate, but every time I'm pulled over by an officer, I never know if this is going to be the day that an officer decides that I'm not worthy of making it home. It's almost like living in a war zone, but you get so desensitized that you don't realize these external traumas have an impact on how you live. And over the last year with the pandemic and so many changes in our world, and it feels like we're in a pressure cooker, I've really taken the time to focus on mental health and what's important, being with family when you have an opportunity, doing the right thing every single time. Telling the truth is very important. And I think that what is going to have to happen if we're going to make it out this pressure cooker as a country, if we make it whole, and it's painful right now, it's painful for everyone involved because I feel we're at the cusp of change. But with any change, there are going to be people that fight, fight to keep the old regime, to keep people under their thumb, to keep people from breaking those systemic issues that were put in place to keep the patriarchy and, and the white supremacist regime alive. And that's just the fact. I feel finally the country is waking up. I feel that we have a president and in place that is truly doing his best. I feel we have a vice president in place that's truly doing her best. And I feel like the world is awake. The world realizes what's at stake. So it's a exciting time, ladies and gentlemen. It's an exciting time to be here, to be alive, to be around, to see this country truly live up to the words in its constitution. It's an exciting time. But uh, not to get too down... This is a place for smiles. This is a place for laughter. This is a place for fun. So I have a fun interview coming up. Uh, Today we talked to Camp Cleveland, C-A-M-P, 
Cleveland, just like the city in Ohio. He's an historian, an educator, a musical artist. Uh, he's a genealogist. Uh, he's just a, a really smart, smart, gifted brother, and it was a pleasure speaking with him. And uh, so we'll have that interview coming up a little bit later, but it, it was a pleasure speaking with this guy. He's kind of like a black Indiana Jones, and I, and I hope everyone in the audience checks out his stuff, and uh, he, he has some great things that we're going to talk about. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was a good day. Um, one down, three to go. We got Derek Chauvin convicted, and hopefully uh, he will be sentenced and put away, put away from society. And these other cops that sat here and allowed him to murder a man, I think justice is coming. I think justice is truly coming, and and I expect change. The winds of change are, are truly, truly in the air. So uh, we look forward to that. But uh, anyway, also, um, we're going to be doing a recap and review of the Mortal Kombat movie that's dropping, so I, I look forward to that. Um, also, if you guys check out Mars Entertainment, that's M-A-R-Z Entertainment on YouTube. The YouTube channel is up and running. We already have uh, three episodes of our show, Politics As Usual. That's Politics A-Z Usual. That show is about politics from A to Z. It's really interesting. I have my uh, co-host, uh, Jay, with us. She is a, uh activist in the community uh, with CUSP. That's K-U-S-P, uh, Keeping Us Safe and Prosperous, which is a charitable organization that gives back to the community here in the 757. It also... Teach people teaches people about the protocol in dealing with police, which I feel is so fitting in this time. And uh, she, I think she's got star power to her, and she's uh, on the network March Entertainment Channel. She's uh, doing a great job, and she co-hosts, and she's going to be having some shows uh, that she's working on in the near future. Uh, we've got some footage for uh, Cooking with Mars. Some people don't know, besides being your favorite podcast hosts and uh i'm also uh, i love to cook i just create things it's something that my late brother and i used to do we would just come up with things uh in the kitchen and that sound good and we would cook and uh it's something that i'm happy to bring to an audience so people can really really see what it's like uh, a, a lighter side that we're we're not talking about the MCU or we're talking about political things we're we're, we're talking about uh, one of my pleasures in life is cooking so I'm really happy that that's going um, we also have some reviews coming up and then we have down in the Den visual uh, where we have a couple of episodes there where it's a little bit different from just the podcast. It still has the down and den vibe. We're mostly talking about those cool pop culture things that we like, but it's visual, so you can get my handsome face to go along with this uh, sexy voice for all my my uh, den mates out there. But down in the den visual is out. We have an episode of that up, and 
Uh, we're just going to be pumping out that content that that you guys love. We have a lot of uh, exciting things, so please go to Mars Entertainment. That's M A R Z Entertainment at uh, YouTube. Uh, like, subscribe, comment. If you have some things that you want to see, uh, let me know. We're building this audience right from the ground up, expanding, and um, it's a really exciting time. So please uh, like, subscribe, go there, and uh, check it out. And uh, tell me what you want to see because we're going to be pumping out that good content, and uh, I'm really excited. So that's going on. And uh, we, we've had another shooting uh Yesterday, we saw uh, the young lady, and her name escapes uh, escapes me right now. I'll have to look that up. Please forgive me. But um, this was a situation, from my understanding, where she was being jumped by three or four kids, and she actually called the police. They were at her home, 15 years old, and she did have a knife, but she was, from what I can see in the video, and I've watched it, multiple times from what I could see she was defending herself and the officer that respond pretty much as soon as he pulled up he opened fire shooting four shots into her back killing her instantaneously and I'm hearing a lot of debate a lot of debate this is obviously not like the George Floyd situation where it was clear cut and after great thought, because I didn't know if I was going to bring it up, I, I didn't want to break it up, bring it up, because um, we just got a little bit of joy of seeing some justice. And before we could even let that sink in, we're seeing another person of color, young person of color, shot by the police. And it's it's an issue. It's an epidemic. It's an issue. And and you know, Obama said, "Don't use the word." defund the police even though I'm certainly a supporter of that here on the show and I'm not going to go through defining what defund the police means uh, it's not disband the police it's, they're completely different but I don't think it's someone's responsibility to educate those who may be ignorant of what a movement means I feel it's every adult's Responsibility to do their due diligence before they criticize a movement and find out what it really stands for. And I really stand for those mottos. I feel the police are overworked. I feel the police are undertrained. I believe that the bar to become a policeman is far too low and it has to be modified, dismantled, and reassembled to something that truly represents the people that it serves and the community that it serves. And I think that should be something that is on everyone's mind because it's not just a black thing. Anybody can just have their rights abused uh, by the police because it's just far too much power and not enough accountability. So this is something that we've been preaching in the black community since there's been a black community in this country. But now with technology and cameras and everyone having the ability to live stream and upload this the world can really see the problem that we have and other countries don't really have this problem with their police force and that's one thing that America is far behind because the militarization of the police is something that has had tragic consequences in this country so I'm all for defending the police and 
getting them back to being what they're supposed to be, which is peace officers and have a more specialized force when it comes to mental health or negotiations and things of that nature. Police can't be a one-stop shop from getting a cat out of a tree to defusing a fight, and it's just it's too much. But, uh, you know, that that's a debate for another day, but uh, we're, we're going to talk about that uh, in the interview uh, that I have coming up with uh, Camp Cleveland. So uh, that's, that's really all we have for today. We're going to go ahead and play this interview and uh, let you guys get out of here. Enjoy your... Um, day uh enjoy this interview it's a really good interview i am going to get my second vaccine today so that's why we have this uh pre-recorded interview so uh, i'm i'm gonna hopefully i'll be 100 percent by friday the first shot i had a few minor symptoms uh some soreness in my arm uh, a little bit of fatigue but other other than that i was maybe a little tired for 24 hours I hear this one is a little worse. I'm not claiming it. I'm hoping that I'll have uh, no reaction or very little reaction, but uh, we'll see. So we may not be able to get to the finale on time of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. If not, we'll do a uh, reaction video on Down in the Den visual and give you guys a short recap. Uh, I hate to miss this the series finale. But I don't want to make any guarantees because I don't know what type of reaction, if any, I'll have. But we're keeping our fingers crossed and hoping it'll be fine. So uh, listen to this interview. Click like, subscribe. Uh, Also check out Mars Entertainment on YouTube. And thank you guys so much. We wouldn't be able to grow without this audience. And I thank you all so much for joining us on this journey and this evolution from just a podcast down in my garage to uh, we've got the studio built um, here. We, we, we're expanding, we're getting staffing, and we're just growing. So uh, I'm so grateful, and thank you all. Uh, remember, share with a friend. And as always, deuces. Please, welcome, please. welcome, Taye. How you doing, brother? All is well. Yeah, the, uh, I'm not sure what's going on. The app not working, but I use my browser. Perfect, so perfect. Yeah, you're crystal clear, man. Thank you so much for joining us. How you doing this, uh, today? All is well. Thank you. I truly appreciate you uh, for allowing me to come on your platform. No, no, no. It's our pleasure. It's our pleasure. Whenever we uh, have guests, I always like to. Uh, run the gamut and get people from all different walks of life and I, I looked you up and I listened to your music and saw where you're coming from and, and trust me, I, I'm honored to have you on our platform so uh, I'm very, very happy uh, that you're here. So, I mean, you're a man of many, many hats. You're a scholar, you're a musician, you're an artist, you're a historian, you've been all across the globe. You're basically Black Indiana Jones. So, I mean, like I said, <laughs> Very, very happy to have you here on the den. So if, if you're ready, we can go ahead and get right into it. Oh, yeah. Perfect, perfect. So I mentioned earlier, you've been all across the country, most of the uh, continental United States, and more impressive all around the world, teaching, learning, really just living an amazing life. Tell the den mates about what you do, your mission with your travels. 
Oh, okay, yeah. Um, I'm a world traveler. I've been to almost 70 countries around the world. Um, I do a lot of different things. I mean, I have a business. I do educational tours. So I take groups from America and take them to different countries in Africa. Uh, the purpose of the tours is to basically clear, clear up a lot of misconceptions that we have about the continent of Africa and the people in Africa, you know, so um, we have seven tours available right now. We go to Ghana, Cape Verde, uh, South Africa, Kenya, Ethiopia, Egypt, Senegal. Um, you know, the tours, they include the flight, uh, hotel, breakfast, dinner, all the activities is included. So like, for example, if we go to Egypt, you know, it includes um, the visits to the Cairo Museum, the rides down the Nile River, riding the camels, um, visiting the pyramids, the Step Pyramid, the Red Pyramid, the Bent Pyramid, the Pyramids of Giza, the Sphinx, the Temple of um, Hatshepsut, the Valley of the Kings, you know, a lot of amazing places and all of these things are included in the tours. Um, each tour is different, you know, so we have different activities uh, for each tour. Um, I try to give back. I do a lot of um, mentoring, volunteering, donating, you know, back to school giveaways, donating school supplies, book bags. Um, we did a Christmas drive in December, you know, giving away bikes and scooters and skateboards. You know, I'm, I'm into a lot of different things. I volunteered at orphanages, community centers, you know, things like that. And I try to do this all around the world. And that's beautiful. And, and it, it's so important that we do give back. We do educate each other. Each one each one is a model that I've always thought was very important, especially in our community. Something that interests me uh, when you mentioned about the misconceptions, because I've never been blessed that to go to the motherland. That's on my bucket list. There's so many countries in Africa. And it's, it's funny when people mention going to Africa, they just say, oh, I want to go to Africa. Yeah, well, there's dozens and dozens of countries in Africa, each with their own unique and different culture. But I think in America, especially my generation, the 80s baby in the 90s, all we saw of Africa is what the media portrayed of kids with flies on their face and, and things of that nature. And it wasn't until I went to college and I went to HBCU that I really learned, oh no, not only is Africa the cradle of civilization, but there's a lot of technology going on there. There's a lot of very rich and powerful countries there. Uh, tell us about some of those misconceptions and what you guys do to help uh, educate people that this is not just what American media portrays. It's actually a beautiful and diverse area with many unique cultures. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Africa has more countries than any other continent in the world. It's almost 60 different countries in Africa. You know, Africa is also the most genetically diverse continent. So when it comes to animals, landscapes, beaches, people, culture, music, ethnic groups, languages, you know, Africa is that place. You know, for example, you have a country like Ethiopia. It has more than 80 ethnic groups. You have a country like South Africa that has 11 official languages. So, you know, those are some of the things that we don't know about Africans. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, it was a cradle of civilization. So some of the greatest, if not the greatest monuments ever constructed in world history are in Africa. You know, the pyramids of Giza, you know, that's the only uh, one of the seven wonders of the world that you can actually go see. The other six, 
they were either fairy tales or they were destroyed you know so that's a place that a lot of people put on their bucket list in Egypt it's a very beautiful place I mean you see a lot of technology as you mentioned you see Benzes you see BMWs you see Bentleys in Africa um, they have internet they have malls their malls look better than the malls that we have you know what I'm saying yeah, people are the people are very very beautiful very friendly you know one misconception about Africa is that it's very dangerous as you mentioned with the media we always see war disease death you know rape these are the things that they primarily focus on but it's dozens and dozens of countries in Africa that are far safer than the United States you know what I'm saying lower um, crime rates lower violent crime rates less mass shootings less homicides less um, violent crimes you know things like that and they offer a better quality of life better food you know less chemicals you know watermelons still have seeds grapes still have seeds and things like that and, and a lot of this information if you do research you can look it up yourself like like I mentioned the crime rate each year the United Nations um, they do a calculation of all the countries in the world based on crime. It's called the Global Peace Index. So they rank the most peaceful countries to the most dangerous countries. So I think like the United States was ranked at 125th, but you have countries like Ghana that's ranked at, you know, 49 or 45, places like Mauritius, places like Seychelles, places like Zambia, Ghana. Ghana is three or four times safer than the United States. You know, so and this is information that you can look up. And also, United States Department of Travel, um, they keep a tr they keep track of every American that dies outside of the country. You know what I'm saying? So if, if it was a lot of Americans going to Africa and they were dying, it's something that you can look up. In 2019, uh, Ghana had the year of return, and uh, it was a record-breaking year. Over a million people visited Ghana, a lot of celebrities. Ludacris, T.I., Michael John White, Rick Ross, Jay-Z, you know, they had a, a, a great time in Ghana. And like I said, millions of people visited and they returned home safely. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and that's something that I think everyone, regardless of race, we all come from Africa. Our, this is not something that's a myth. This is scientifically proven. So I think it would be a benefit to everyone from every walk in life to really see where mankind started and, and, and take a look and it would get more respect. Uh, I think people of a darker hue are generally disrespected in the media because of jealousy, because those who know really know that everything, mathematics, science, agriculture, everything, uh, architecture, everything that's great has been co-opted from Africa. So I always find it odd that we're always disrespecting people of a darker hue in the media uh, generally when everything that's great comes from music everything comes from us so uh, i'm so glad that you're out there doing that and doing the fight now for some of our demates who may not have been as blessed to have so many stamps in their passport and really haven't been around the world what's one thing in your travels that you've seen that people in the united states may not realize and it's just completely different from what we have over here be it crime be it policing what whatever it may be something uh you know the way that uh, people work i know in spain they get so much uh, more vacation time when someone has a child there's so many differences what is one thing that in your eye that you've seen that said you know what 
we don't have this in the states okay um one thing that i have noticed you mentioned policing um there's dozens of countries that i've been to where not every police officer is equipped with a weapon or a gun you know if you can understand that a lot of times in america say if we have an incident maybe our music is too loud or maybe we're speeding or maybe it's a fight or a bank robbery or different things it would this same officer is supposed to be adequately trained to encounter all of these situations but in other countries it's a little bit different so the officer that may come to your house and tell you to turn down your music or the officer that may give you a ticket for speeding he may not have a gun but then if it's a bank robbery or something serious then they will have a separate unit to handle that situation and a lot of times almost all of the time these countries have lower um, cases of police brutality lower cases of uh, citizens getting killed by police less confrontation you know as far as racism is concerned and they're generally you know usually safer countries you know everybody doesn't own a gun everybody can go and purchase a gun absolutely and i i we touch on that i have a another series uh, on my uh, youtube channel uh channel politics as usual where we talk about things of that nature and, and gun control and uh, the differences police brutality and that's certainly one thing i've noticed that in countries where the cops don't have guns they may have a nightstick and some mace if that they find more ways to detain people without injury. And I think that's definitely something that we as a country uh, could could copy and, and take advantage of if we can get people to open up their minds and really just look at the statistics instead of just speculation that there'll be mass chaos on the street if officers aren't armed to the teeth. I think we've really militarized police in this country and it's something that we definitely need to take a look at. Um, how has the pandemic impacted your travels? I know they've pretty much, our passports are pretty much just withering away right now. I've been wanting to go out this country since last year and, and the pandemic, has it really just kind of hindered your travels or are you still pushing on? Um, I've definitely been able to travel. I was in South Africa in October. Um, in November, I went to Ethiopia. Then I returned to the States. Then I went back to, I went to Egypt. I went to Dubai. And um, I prepare to go back to Egypt for another tour. People are still booking tours, so I've still been able to travel, but it, it has had an impact. You know, I'm not able to travel to every country that I want to go to because some of them are still closed. So the main requirement is I have to take a COVID test before I can travel to the next country. Definitely. So you've been, uh, your nostrils have just probably been uh, destroyed over the last year. <laughs> uh, I, I've had uh, a couple of COVID tests since uh, uh, this has happened. And, uh, you know, I guess it could be worse. I know in China they're doing the whole rectal thing. So I guess it could be worse. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I did. that. that is uh, love for your mission to go through those. They suck. Those COVID tests definitely suck. Right, right absolutely now um it seems in, it's amazing that you segue obviously i'm sure you watch the results of the uh Derek chauvin uh trial and uh i think everybody was happy with the outcome but it, it seems like moving it back home here in america either we're at the cusp of some significant change but also it seems like tension is at an all-time high and as a person that's been around the world, you can attest to this, America's still a very 
young country when you look at it compared to some place like China or or Britain or Spain that are centuries older than America in the grand scheme of things how do you feel we're teetering do you feel we're teetering at the cusp of change or do you feel we're teetering closer to chaos um I mean just in my opinion I kind of think that things have remained the same for black people in America because I don't really feel like that it's a difference between the way that I feel when I'm stopped by the police in comparison to the way my father felt or his father felt or his father felt going all the way back to the time you know that we were free from slavery but is it really a difference like if I pick up my phone and I look at Instagram and I see something like George Floyd or my father watching the TV and seeing Rodney King or his father picking up a newspaper a man was lynched in Mississippi a man was lynched in Texas a man was lynched in you know what I'm saying so to me I think that technologically you know we've been more advanced but as a group of people you know I think we kind of in the same position we're in the same level of society that we've always been in, you know so for me I'm, I'm one of those people that plan to move back to Africa I've, I've actually lived in Africa but by being so many African countries I would want to visit more countries to make my you know my final choice because you know it's we've been fighting and there's always been people that have made it through it's always been exceptions you know people like Jay-Z uh, people like Oprah you know we have people like Madam C.J. Walker and uh Gary Morgan, you know what I'm saying? We always sure. been exceptional people, but just in our yeah. as as a group, you get what I'm saying? We Absolutely. still kind of remain in that same position. So. Absolutely, and, and you mentioned going uh, and and moving back to Africa, which is uh, I've had some uh, Pan Africans on, and, and you know we talked about that, and it's a very interesting uh, choice, and it's something that I think should definitely be on the table for all of us uh, of African descent. Now, have you done uh, ancestry? Have you done any of that to kind of see what country you originate from or or you haven't done that yet? Yeah, definitely. I do a lot of genealogy. Um, I've traced my own family roots and I've helped other people. So the thing is this, a lot of people may not realize this, but you have two parents, you have four grandparents, eight, great-grandparents 16 great great 32 great great and then you have 64 great 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 and you have 128 and 200 and you know what i'm saying so it goes on and on so that's maybe only going back two or three hundred years so like as far as especially uh black americans the probability of us being from one specific tribe you know, especially going through slavery, the transatlantic slave trade, the Great Migration, the Second Great Migration, Trail of Tears, and all of these, you know, different shifts in populations, it's going to be hard for us to come from one specific tribe. So in terms of my DNA, you know, I took two DNA tests. So I, I got people that came from the Nigeria area. I got people that came from the Senegal area, people that came from Ghana. I have some people that came from South Africa. You know what I'm saying? So I kind of look at it, the whole continent as being, you know, mom, you know, in terms of tracing my roots. But I have been to West African countries for sure. You know, Absolutely. So. Yeah, and Dr. Umar Johnson talks about it, just, you know, Africa as a whole, just making sure that we all embrace if you're you know you have african descent anywhere and you're right you know unfortunately because of the translated 
Atlantic slave trade, we were dropped off all over. And then we have people that are coming from, and it, I always tell that to some of my friends of European heritage. When I talk about having your culture robbed, I have friends that say, I'm done. You know where you're from. I'm Irish, boom, I'm French, I'm German, I'm British, I'm whatever it may be. For us, we don't know. We're all a hodgepodge because we've come from all over the map. So I, I think that's important. And that's one of the things you do, you study genealogy. Um, tell us about the importance that you feel of people really going out and tracing and some of the benefits of tracing their roots and really learning where they come from. And the benefits is unlimited. I mean, just knowing where you come from and knowing your history, that's just as important as, you know, anything else is breathing air and drinking water. You know, I'm a historian, so I look at it that way. Your history is like your GPS, man. You know where you want to go, but it's going to ask you where you're coming from. So if you know where you're coming from or you have people that have been through this road, you can see the potholes, you can see the roadblocks, you can see the police waiting over here you know what i'm saying i don't mean you can't make it to your destination but it'll make it a lot more easier it'll make you more confident as a person it'll boost your self-esteem you know what i'm saying it'll give you purpose you know what i'm saying we watch the news we watch tv we see a lot of people um doing crazy things you know what i'm saying but if they had a purpose and they had a foundation you know i believe that they would be less likely to behave in that way you know so indeed indeed and and that's uh that I mean, can't know where you're going if you don't know where you're from. So I, I agree with that 100%. On a, on a lighter note, when it just comes to the fun of being a person that's been, I think there's what, 120 some countries in the entire world, and you've been to close to 75% uh, of that. What's your favorite country to travel if you just want to have fun? What is the country that you're like, you know what, I want to kick back. This is where I go. Oh man, that's kind of tough. Uh, it depends on what type of person. I'll give you is, three. I'll, I'll give you three. You that three. Is tough. I'll give you three. Mm, that's tough, man. I, I would pick all African countries. I'll pick one West Side. I would say uh, Cape Verde. Very beautiful women, very beautiful people. Uh, great music. They do a lot of live music, block parties, beautiful beaches, black sand, green water, blue water. It's, it's hot all year. Like I said, they love to party. They got a lot of good food, seafood, you know, so that's the west side. Um, on the south side, I say South Africa. South Africa is probably like the closest thing to America. It is Africa, but it, it reminds you of America in some ways because they, they watch BET and VH1 and MTV. So they're up on a lot of things. You see a lot of Bentleys and Benzes. Um, Cape Town kind of reminds you of LA Johannesburg is kind of like a New York but it's still you know a very very African you know they, they like to party a lot they got good music um, let me see on the east side I, I, I would say Ethiopia Ethiopia is very beautiful very beautiful people very beautiful women beautiful culture very friendly hospitable people so those would probably be my top three in the world and the food's banking. I love Ethiopian food. It's definitely, uh, I think I'd be 300 pounds if I uh, lived <laughs> lived there. Uh, right, right. It's, it's delicious. It's delicious. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, uh, you were talking about the music. You're also a musician, and I, I checked out your music. I really dig it because it's, I, I, like I said, I'm, I'm an 80s baby, so I grew up, in my opinion, the golden age of hip-hop, the 90s. Definitely. 90s. 
you know, your Nas, your Biggie, your Pac, your KRS One, your Rakim, your Boogie Down Productions, your Public Enemy, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And uh, more importantly, each artist was unique. It, it didn't sound like it. like nowadays. It's very few uh, music, but I listen to all types. But it's very few hip hop artists that I really just can embrace. Not so much because we always had artists that had crazy content. That's not the case. But the lack of variety, you would have two live crew on one end in the 90s, but then you also had KRS one at the other end. So it was like a buffet. I think we're missing that. I think everyone's just pop. Stuff that's not bad for you. Your music has more entertainment. It's entertaining, it, it bangs, but you're actually saying something. Um, and, but not in like a corny way where you're preaching. It's just, it's very revolutionary. So what type of artists did you listen to growing up? Like what inspired you? What artists inspired you? Oh man, um, I've been li- listening to hip hop my whole life. I was blessed. I had older brothers and cousins that lived with me and they would play BDP, X-Clan, Public Enemy, NWA, Scarface, you know, so I was able to listen to hip hop you know, my whole life, like a lot of my friends, they couldn't listen to it because of the, you know, the language and different things. So I was definitely influenced by those uh, pro-black groups early on. But by me being from Cleveland, you know, I was definitely heavily influenced by Bone, Bone Thugs and Harmony, you know, they put this So like you said, though, back then, it was a little different. Like, so you may hear Bone on the radio, you may hear Outkast, you may hear Wu-Tang, they had different beats. They rap different. If you put a if you put Bone on a Wu Tang beat or Outkast on a, a Bone beat, it would be a totally different song. But it's like the music we hear today. It's like a continuation of the same beat, same rhythm, the same hook. You know, but they kind of change it where you don't even really know which artist it is. It sounds like a, you know what I'm right. saying. So, little something. Know. It's little <laughs> something. It's gonna have little in front of it, and it's somebody. And, uh, they're 17, and they all look the same. They all have the same hair, they all have the same purse, they, everything looks exactly the same, so I, I, I understand wholeheartedly. Now, um, are, are you working on any new music right now? Uh, yeah, definitely. I've been writing a lot lately, a lot lately. I don't know, about 20, 30 songs in the last month, so I've been having a lot of time to write. Um, I'm gonna probably do like a mixtape. Last year I released two or three music videos i was fortunate enough um to continue to write record and film um during the pandemic i was living in south africa so you know i lived in a neighborhood called mabo name it's an art district it's a very unique place i never really been to a place like this um it was producers writers rappers singers dancers photographers painters artists poets drummers you know they all kind of flocked to this neighborhood a lot of them live in the neighborhood so the building i was staying in it was multiple studios and singers and producers and um, like i say photographers so i was able to write my song record it and film it in my neighborhood you know it's a very beautiful neighborhood it's a lot of murals and paintings and uh, it's paintings of people like Marcus Garvey, Malcolm X, Bob Marley, Asada Shakur, Rosa Parks, Nipsey Hussle, you know, so I, I wrote a song called Do Revolutionaries Go to Heaven, you know, so 
despite you know all of the chaos that was going on in the world last year and, and continues you know that uplifted my spirits you know absolutely and i checked out the video it was a beautifully shot well done and a dope song so definitely check that out and um thank you, thank you. oh you're welcome let the people know where they can find your music what platforms Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm definitely on YouTube. I'm under Camp Cleveland, C-A-M-P Cleveland. And that's my handle for all of my social media. So Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Melanated People. I'm Camp, C-A-M-P Cleveland. And also I have a website. So if you want to check out my music, if you want more information about the tours, if you want to check out my book, you know, I do a lot of international commerce. I bring items from different parts of the world and everything is on my website campcleveland.org perfect please check it out like i said it's, it's something different but it's unique it's good it has that it has that feel when rappers actually said something you're like okay I, I i like the beat i like the rhythm i like the rhymes but it also taught me something and i think that's something that we're missing so definitely check that out at camp cleveland now uh, you're independent and i i feel right now there's so many content creators, so many independent artists, it's almost a golden age for those out there willing to hustle and uh, really put in the work. You can really cut out the middleman. How, how do you feel that and I had, um, I had interviewed, uh, 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 Regina Madre, who's an R and B singer. She's actually a Terry and she's going to, oh, wow. okay. yeah. And, um, so I was talking to her, uh, previously and uh, some other independent artists and all of them say the same if you're willing to put the work in uh, how, how do you feel the independent route it has been for you is that something that you really enjoy or is it something where you're like you know what I can take some of this work off my shoulders and and let an A&R or some to give away a little bit of my profit but do a little less work which route option for you Um, well, I only know one side of it, you know, that's just being independent. I mean, I really don't look at it as work because I'm doing what I love and I've been able to do it on a global level. Like I say, I shot videos in South Africa, Senegal, Brazil, and I've worked with artists in these different areas. You know, I'm not really making a lot of money, but I just love what I'm doing. It's keeping me mentally sane, you know what I'm saying? So I can write and record and perform. It's something that I've been doing for most of my life. And I'll continue to do it, but I can understand it from an economical perspective. Um, just being a businessman, I would prefer to um, take the risk and do the work and get the biggest amount of the profit. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And it's all about strategic partnerships. And I see that's one thing that's really going on more and more where we can. It's almost how we had a trader bar barter system. I've seen cross promotion. Uh, the folks at ADD are doing a really good job of cross promoting Kev on stage, who's a, a more of a conservative comedian, but he's reaching out to other comedians and bringing them up. So it's a lot uh, you know, mm -hmm. on the higher level, the Issa Rays and the Donald Lovers and uh, the Lucas Brothers and uh, all and everything is really almost a golden age for black creators to really get out of there I, I call it the black panther effect because hollywood realized after black panther made a billion dollars that oh you know what these people of color right. don't just have to be stereotypes they mm -hmm. they are they're not monolith they have stories that reach every gamut of life the profit because 
one thing we're gonna do is support something we love as a community. So I always call it, I wrote a paper about it, I call it the Black Panther effect when Hollywood realized, oh, black can be profitable. Um, so it, it's just, yeah, it's a great time. And I and I love that. I love that you're you know, a person that has many hats and aren't monolith and really just establish something. Um, so you mentioned uh, the music, you mentioned your travel business. You also are author and you have a new book uh, as your most recent project. Tell the inmates about your new book, the title of it, what's it about, where they can get it. Oh, okay, cool. Um, with my book, I'm doing it independently, so you can get it off my website, campcleveland.org. Okay, the title of the book is called The Afro Set. Um, this was a black power organization that was formed in the 1960s by my uncle. He came up with the name The Afro Set. So Afro was short for African. Um, this group was at the forefront of bringing African culture, history, African language, African music, African fashion, you know, to the city of Cleveland. So the Afro said, you know, they did a lot of social programs. They had breakfast programs, lunch programs. Uh, they opened up a nursery. They opened up a theater. They had a newspaper. You know, they would do poetry readings, fashion shows, uh, African drumming. Um, they would do plays. They would do different things like that. Um, they did a lot of community policing. You know, when pimps and prostitutes came into the neighborhood, they would run them out. Um, and drug dealers came into the neighborhood, they would run them out. If police were brutalizing people, they would confront them. You know, they would do different things like that. They did a lot of training, they did military drills. They trained with the rifles, they trained with the machetes, they trained with the sticks, you know, different things like that. It's a very exciting book. It's a lot of rebellions, uprising, shootouts, and different things that took place in the city of Cleveland that a lot of people, even in Cleveland, are not aware of, but they traveled all across the country. They, they worked with the Panthers in California. They worked with Amiri Baraka in New Jersey. You know, they went to Chicago, they went to Detroit and they were open. They were able to open up several shops in Cleveland, Columbus, Ohio, West Virginia. And inside of these shops, they would sell like dashikis, African pottery and paintings, uh, Afrocentric earrings, necklaces and bracelets. You know, and these are items that they would make themselves and they would um, use these items to generate income to fund the organization. Awesome. Awesome. And so that's on your campcleveland.org website and that's available now. Yes, definitely. Perfect. Perfect. So Demates, please, please support my man Camp Cleveland here. Please check out his website. Uh, give him the website one more time. CampCleveland.org, C-A-M-P Cleveland.org. Perfect. Please check out them. And uh, if you're if you're ready to get, hopefully this this country is uh you know starting to open up. We're starting to see some decline. So please uh, get with him if you're interested. I might I might have to get with him online because I'm trying to I'm trying to go to Egypt. I'm trying to see some uh some pyramids because I'm still trying to figure out how they did it. Definitely. Right, right. It's definitely dope, man. Um, uh, it's been a pleasure, man. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, I'm gonna, have, I'm gonna get up with you. I want you uh, on politics as usual. That's our our visual show. I'm gonna get up with you, uh, and, and we'll collaborate on that. But uh, check out the music. Check out everything uh, he has going on. Uh, as always, man. Thank you so much for joining us here on the deck. 
Alright, likewise, King. I truly appreciate you and all of the listeners. Indeed. It's a pleasure. Alright, peace. Later. Deuces.